episode 326. I think both the dealership and the aftermarket has been neglectful of paying their people what they're worth. I think that's very true. What other industry do you go into that you have to buy your own tools and make $20 an hour, you know, and you have to buy thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars worth of tools. Technicians work so hard to only make, you know, 30, 40, $50,000 a year. It's not right. Welcome aftermarketers to Remarkable Results Radio. Listen to learn just one thing from today's episode on your journey to remarkable results. Hello and welcome to the Automotive Aftermarket's Remarkable Results Talk Radio and to episode 326 with shop owner Sherry Stock from In Motion Auto Care in Lincoln, Nebraska. Only in business for five years. Hear an interesting story on how she became a shop owner, but also how she crafted her succession plan. Hey, Carm Capriato here, thanking Federal Mogul Motor Parts for the support of the Aftermarket's award-winning premier podcast. They are the reason you enjoy these great aftermarket interviews. Now, you know the brands. You've embraced them for years. Moog, Felpro, Wagner Brake, Anco, Champion, Seal Power, FP Diesel, and many more. They are the parts text trust. Get more information on these brands and the great programs for you at fmmotorparts.com. Did you know? I love to hear from you. I read every email because I want to know what's on your mind and what you like about the podcast, who you'd like to hear from, topics we need to discuss on the Town Hall Academy, and if the stories have impacted your life and your business. Love to hear from you. So your emails are the fuel for the engine of educational value of Remarkable Results Radio. Don't hesitate to sit at the keyboard or tap an email on your smartphone. You can reach me, Carm at RemarkableResults.biz, that's B-I-Z. Hey, welcome new Facebook friends to the podcast, Karen Marie Miller, James Bean, Phil Eichmann, John Istok, and Osvaldo Bergaglio. I hope I got your names right. And my newest LinkedIn connections, Chris Stewart, Chris Yui, and Michael Hobson. Thanks for every social connection you've made to the podcast. Connection's easy. Go to remarkableresults.biz slash social to find every link. Hey, and big news about a select group of Town Hall Academy podcasts that are now available for AMI credit. If you're staying current with your AMI designation or working toward your professional designation, go to a special page on my website, remarkableresults.biz slash AMI, and see how listening to the Academy episodes can earn you AMI elective credits. Now meet shop owner Sherry Stock from In Motion Auto Care in Lincoln, Nebraska. Sherry has a great story on how she became the owner of In Motion just five years ago. In a brand new building with a succession plan already in place, she has a lot to share with you on how all of this happened. Sherry was honored by ASA Midwest at Vision 2017 as the Service Facility of the Year. A great honor in such a short business career. Sherry shares her thoughts on business coaching, using the mail for marketing, technician training, business culture, and so much more packed into these next few minutes. Listen to her top three reasons for comebacks and her feeling on technician pay and benefits. Stand by. Now enjoy a very special interview with Sherry Stock from InMotion Auto Care. Hey, a warm welcome to Sherry Stock from InMotion Auto Care in Lincoln. Nebraska. Thank you. 
Good to be here. Uh, I'm, I'm glad you're here. What an honor. In 2017, Sherry, the Service Facility of the Year from ASA Midwest, and you received that at Vision last year. That's correct. It was very exciting. So did you know when you were going to Vision that you were going to get this award? We did kind of find out. Um, it was supposed to be a surprise, but normally we go to Mexican food night as a group. Um, our, our team does kind of as a team building uh-huh, deal, uh-huh. and we have Mexican food. And when Sherry called and asked if we were going to the comedy night, I told her no, because that's our traditional Mexican night. And she's, we'd really like you to come. And I'm like, uh, I don't know, this is tradition. And she's like, no, no, please come. And I'm like, why? And she goes, she goes, I'll call you back later. Well, then she called me back a little bit later. She goes, I have to tell you, you have to be there because you're getting the Facility of the Year Award. And it was like, wow, that's pretty cool. <laughs> so you, 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 you had a little time to think about it and let it sink in. Yes, it was very humbling. It's a big award to be considered for the award. Um, you must have measurable customer satisfaction indexes, maintain, maintaining at least 95%. They review the quality of shops, outstanding business practices, industry involvement, community involvement, physical appearance of the facility, and the performance of the team members. I mean, talk about scrutiny. There was a lot of details in there. When you do things for the right reasons, the rest of those things kind of fall into place. Is love an enduring principle inside your business as part of your culture? Definitely, yeah. We spend more time with each other than we do with our families. And so they are family to me. And each of us feel that way. Our culture is um, a very caring, nurturing environment. Um, We are very cautious when we hire people and bring them in because they have to meet our culture standards. Um, It's... Yeah, love has a big deal. It's a big deal here. <laughs> when, I, when I usually talk love to people, they look at me weird. No. <laughs> and and I usually explain that if you look at the love as a as a verb, which means we're really you know we're, we're caring for each other, uh, then then it works in their mind. I'm so glad to hear about your culture. When, when you do interviews, do you talk culture? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's one of the the main things that we talk about: culture and uh, attitude and their passion for being in the automotive industry. And then we get to talking about skill and things like that. But you can teach skill, but you can't teach ethic and value and and passion. So those are the things that we look for when we're hiring a technician, that they're in it for the right reason, like we are, and their thought processes and their beliefs are the same as ours. Um, We believe that we'll never, ever sell anything that doesn't need to be sold. We believe that an inspection is critically important. People have the right to know everything that's wrong with their car before they make any decisions on whether to fix something or not. So they have the whole picture. And we believe heavily in training. We do a lot of training here. And they have to commit to a 40-hour-a-year training program, which will be 60 next year. Okay, so uh, why do you sense that uh, it needs to kick up for all the right reasons? Technology is just going crazy, as you know. When you listen to Chris Chesney and some of those trainers talk about what's going on, you can't have enough training. And most of it's live because technicians seem to do better with live training, as as do the management staff and the advisors. So we try and get as much live training as we can. And, and some of our guys had 80 hours last year of training, and they love it. <laughs> Live to learn, right? Mm-hmm. Very much so. 
Good for you. Well, you know, 60 is the first uh, this year that I've heard that people are going to be moving to 60. I mean, I hear a lot of 20s and 40s, but this is a this is the first 60. And I wouldn't be surprised that, you know, in a, in a few years, you're probably going to jump even higher. Boy, uh, there's so much to learn. So uh, you sound like an absolute natural, like you've been doing this for your whole life. Did the 25 years, <laughs> did the 25 <laughs> years that you ran a parts and service uh, at a dealership come into play at all in your success today? Oh, for sure. We had a, a general manager there who recognized that he didn't know the back end of the dealership and um, hired me to run it and run it the way I saw fit. Oh, wow. And uh, he ran the front end and we got along great and had a had a very profitable business. And his ethics and, and morals were in line with mine. And he was all about training. So we sought out all kinds of training with the dealership as well. Why aren't you still there? They lost their franchise in 2009. And they ran as an independent for three years. And then the owners just decided that they didn't want to have a, a dealership anymore. It was, we had a corner of on 84th and O Street here in Lincoln that is hugely popular corner. Um, it's on a really busy set, uh, intersection. And it was more valuable to lease it out to this huge, beautiful bank that they built there. And a grocery store and a Dunkin' Donuts and some other things. So when they closed, I wanted to continue to help the clientele that I had built up for that long, 25 years. So um, they sold me all of the shop equipment. They gave me the customer name file and everything that I needed. Sold me the land across the street. Um, helped me find a contractor and build a building. And yeah. What a relationship. Yeah, they were amazing people. Good for you. So tell me about your partner, Jared. He actually started as a car wash person at the dealership with me. And uh, then he moved up to be a maintenance technician. And we have always gotten along really, really well. And I wanted him to become a technician. So we sent him through and sponsored him in the Chrysler Apprentice Program. I mean, this is just great. We wanted him to become a technician. <laughs> Did he want to become a technician? Not as much as we did at first. <laughs> that's, um, that's really good. I think we saw things in him that he might not have been able to see in himself. So then he kind of got on board with that and he did wonderful. He was amazing as a technician. So I think you said he went to the CAP program at a community college? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So he did that and um, he was a technician for about five years. And then he was a service writer, um, a service advisor for us. And then when um, the dealership closed, I, he was my successionary trail. I uh, wanted to go into business with him so I didn't have to worry at the end my exit strategy. Okay, so you, you've, you've basically been nurturing Jared, uh, you know, with the, the glimmer of an idea to be a tech. And now I think you just said uh, succession planning. Mm-hmm. Is he in that with you, or is this just uh, something you guys are talking about? Um, no, he actually has. I gave him, or he bought fifteen percent of the business itself. He's been being groomed along the way to to take over. And Jared is—he's the technical guy, and he's the people guy. He's not necessarily the business guy, which um, was helpful when my son decided he liked um, being in the automotive industry. 
his ideal was to be a businessman and, and, and do things elsewhere. Um, but then he started working here part-time and really liked it. And now he's a service writer and he will buy into the business with Jared and the two of them will take over when I decide to retire. Much too many suns and moons are in alignment here for you. <laughs> it's amazing to see, you know, the seed of Jared's idea and and then your son wanting to be in the business. Um, but you, you just don't script, uh, you know, a Hollywood film uh, or story. Boy, do I hope it all works out for you. I really do. You want to start retiring, taking it easy someday? I didn't at first until I had a grandbaby. <laughs> ah, is it, was it your first? Yes, first grandbaby. Just When was that? Um, March 28th. Oh, wow. You see, uh, I'm going to be a grandpa for the first time in May. Oh, awesome. <laughs> I know. So you, maybe you and I offline need to share some notes. And it seems like wherever uh, Ann and I are shopping, she stops and looks at these cute little boy clothes or boy toys. And I say, oh, this is going to hurt. And you know what? I didn't think I was going to be that grandma but I am so that grandma. Oh, yeah, I know, yeah. <laughs> um, once they get once they're born, and it's oh my gosh, it's just amazing. And we have lots of babies around here. Um, one of my technicians, his wife had a baby on April first, and it was a boy. And then four months ago, one of my other technicians had his girlfriend had a baby, a boy. And Jared, he and his wife had a baby last year, and it was a boy. So we have four little boys. Oh, wow. You know, yeah, it's incredible. That just works <laughs> out. I mean, I can almost see you managing a succession plan in about 25 years, <laughs> saying, listen, I've done it once. I can help you guys do it again. That's right. What a great idea. I'm talking with Mike Zralik, a technical product specialist with Federal Mogul Motor Parts. So you have this this van, and it's the Guru on the Go van, and it's all nicely decked out, and you, you drop by for lunches and learns. How do uh, shops get a chance to get that van to come to their place? Well, they can, of course, call into our um, Guru hotline and, and request it. They can talk to their parts distributor. You know, and, and through that channel, we can go out and do some training or even with us out in the field. You know, if they see us, we do various warehouse distributor type shows, many different events. We're out there everywhere. Just come by and ask and we'll be more than happy to come by. Hey, Mike, if I said you were a champion for Federal Mogul Motor Parts, would I be right? You betcha. So give me an example. I live, eat, breathe Federal Mogul on a daily basis. Um, you know, growing up, I being in, in the racing industry, I knew a lot about Moog. I loved Moog. Felpro, same thing. To go out and be able to talk about a company this big, this strong, it makes me happy every single day. I, I'm so excited to do it on a day-in and day-out basis. What are technicians saying after you're done with your presentation? When can you come back? They, they want more day in and day out. They want more, and, and you have more to give. You've got so many key product lines in the industry. Oh, we, we have a ton of product lines and a ton of training that's available, you know, with those product lines and, and on a technical side, too. How dazzled are the techs to see that compression-loaded ball joint with the pre-installed integral dust boot? They 
come unglued. They are so excited about that because less frustrations. You know, they've been dealing with issues in the field of damaging that boot during installation, and it just it makes it so much easier to put in. And it's a beautiful piece. Federal Mogul Motor Parks' Garage Gurus is your go-to source for the vehicle training, technology, and answers you need to keep your next job on track. On-site, online, or on-demand, the gurus are here to help keep your business and your career on the road to success. Visit fmgarageguru.com. Tell me about your business partners. I, I see ATI, Mudlick, Mail, Kakui. You, you work really close with all of them? Mm-hmm, we do. Kakui, we started with last year, um, and they are a, a wonderful company. They really have their stuff together and they um, help you learn how to do some of these things for yourself that you normally wouldn't do, like your, your website, if you want to add a blog or something to it. They teach you how to do that. ATI, we joined with them largely um, to help train Chris and, and Jared. That's a great idea. I have to tell you, um, Sherry, that's a just super idea. You know, I'm kind of like, I am Chris's mom, but I'm kind of like Jared's work mom. So sometimes when we talk about things, they're like, oh, that'll never work. That'll never work until somebody else tells them that. When they went to ATI, they went individually to the owner's um, first meeting. They came back different people. It was amazing. I mean, they came back so energized and so focused. I mean, it was just, they were different people they were business. I mean, this was what we needed to do to, to grow and to be successful. And they understood all of the tracking and why we did it. And it wasn't just me making more busy work for them. And it was phenomenal. I mean, I remember back in the day uh, when I would get in front of my team and every once in a while you get a little frustrated because now it's the third time you're telling everyone to do the same thing. And you say, I just wish I had a friend from the next city who would come in with a briefcase put it up in front of everyone and say the exact same thing that I did. Mm-hmm. Would they listen to that person? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> versus versus me. I know that was always a frustration and, and it, it proved to your point. Um, here it is, you're, you're driving the word, but when they get emerged with other peers and from quote unquote experts from up on high, it does, it does change your thinking. How smart. Now you've only been in business about five years. Yeah. Five years ago. It was five years in December. When you when you think about small business and the success rate that they have over five years, uh, you're way above that learning curve or that, uh, that uh, failure curve. The whole dealership thing really set us up well. I was very blessed with having great work owners to work with and having that clientele base. When we started building our building, we kept in touch with them via email because we had at the dealership collected about 7,000 email addresses from our customers. And we just kept everybody informed on what was going on. So when we opened in December, we had customers had already made their appointments and they were ready to come. Yeah, it was pretty, pretty cool. What's your secret to success? Doing the right thing for the right reason and treating people well. And So would your organization crumble if you had to go somewhere for a couple of weeks? No. Five years in, and it's already running on autopilot. Well, I don't know if autopilot's a good word for it or not, but um, I can leave and go be gone for 10 days, and 
come back and have some paperwork to do, but not a bad, it's not bad. Well, you got Jared and Chris, obviously taking on responsibilities. When you sit down with them, say every couple of weeks and says, hey partners, let's, let's get together and talk. Give me a couple of ideas. That's what's on your agenda. Since they've been back from ATI, those are when the meetings really started to change. And it was more a group conversation than it was me talking to them and them putting in their two cents. Now they have, they have ideas that they're more willing to bring out because they feel more confident. First, we talk about, you know, if there's anything going on in the shop, in the shop that we need to deal with. Um, we talk about equipment purchases that we're going to do. And then we talk about strategies to improve on what we're, what we're already doing. When they got back from ATI, it was over different things in the financial end of it and the KPIs. So now every meeting that we have, we go over a different KPI. And just to make sure everybody knows what it is, how it can be changed and what affects it. And so we're all on the same page. So how are you guys measuring your success? Is it profit, card count, cash flow, ARO? Is there any one of those that is like that all supreme indicator? We track a lot of stuff. I mean, we track everything. If things aren't what they are, I mean, would there be any one or two numbers you'd be going to? ARO, because nothing happens until you sell a labor dollar. Um, car count, and probably our, our net profit. Net profit, one very strong indicator <laughs> how everything is being managed. Yeah. Referrals, grow, client growth. You know, we, we, we lose clients all the time for various reasons. They move away, they die. How you uh, get new clients? Mudlick Mail has been wonderful for us. We send it out to two different groups every other month, and every other month the group gets it, and we have a great return on that. So that brings in new customers. Um, we have a nice little referral program that um, if someone, we give everybody two cards that has a little blank on the back that we put their names on there. And if someone comes in um, off of their referral, we give them um, a dinner out. And so we give them a gift card for local restaurants, no chains, um, just local restaurants, and give them a good night out. That's how we uh, get new customers. So a customer comes to you, they've had their first experience, maybe their second. What do they say about your company? It is unlike their other car experiences. We get that from a lot of people when they first come in just because of our building. Um, our facility is a little different. Just beautiful facility. It's very modern and very welcoming. And that is surprising to a lot of people. Our staff, people get the impression that, and, they, and it's the right impression, that they really do care about them. It isn't about making the sale. It's more about educating them on what their car needs why it needs it, how bad it needs it, um, maybe what's going to happen if it doesn't get fixed. And then it gives them all the options. And we talk to them, well, much like you and I are, just, you know, face-to-face -face and, hey, this is it. And I think people like being taken care of, given the impression they're not just a number, they're not just a, a transaction, that you actually care about it. and care that their family is going to be driving around in that car. Does any of this have anything to do that 
You were a car girl way back. My fascination with cars comes from that, <laughs> for sure. Um, yeah, I guess if you care about you know the car, you care about the ownership and, and the people who are your customers. A 71 Chevy Nova Supersport? Oh, yeah. It was an amazing car. That yep. was it, huh? Miler, yep. Was it new or was it used? It was a used car when I got it. Yeah, it was a used car. And the kid that I got it from had done some mechanical work to it. So it was pretty quick off the line. And it was a good good car. I had a 72 Camaro. <laughs> There's always a memory of, about the first car. Oh, yeah. Mm-mm-mm. And that's what's so beautiful about going to car shows today is not only can you see all the classic vehicles from whence you grew up, you're always looking for your first car, aren't you? <laughs> That's for sure. What's your solution to the technician shortage? I've really never been affected by it until this last year, and it really has bothered me a lot. I think it's we need to educate the educators on the type of person that we need in the automotive industry. It used to be that the kids that went to shop class were the people that had attendance problems or attention problems or they were needed they weren't the math kids so they got sent to a shop class now the technicians or the students who we're looking for need to be that math guy they need to be a problem solver they need to come from the stem program yeah we're starting to work with the high school counselors and working with them on telling them all of the career opportunities that are in the automotive industry. And, you know, from the tool truck drivers, you know, the trucks, uh, the tool salesmen to the parts guys, it's more than just the mechanical end of fixing cars. And fixing cars is no longer the messy, nasty job it used to be. A lot of it is these guys are making very, very good livings, never getting dirty because they're, diagnosticians, they're, they're computer guys. You know, let's talk about that. An awful lot of talk about, uh, okay, we're not a grease monkey um, mentality anymore. You, you succinctly just summed it up. But people will still argue that the pay, uh, not, not necessarily the starting pay, and everybody has to have a start somewhere, but some of the mature pay after 10, 15 years in the business just isn't up to snuff, which is why that long-term think, that long-term career opportunity is, you know, you've got to buy all these tools, you have some college debt, and 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 it's just not the kind of career as glamorous and glorious as being a diagnostician and working with computers is that I could make more money doing other things. Now, I say all that because I really am curious on your opinion of that. I think both the dealership and the aftermarket has been neglectful of paying their people what they're worth. I think that's very true. What other industry do you go into that you have to buy your own tools and make $20 an hour, you know, and you have to buy thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars worth of tools. Technicians work so hard to only make, you know, 30, 40, $50,000 a year it's not right. Okay. It's pay, no doubt, uh, and benefits too. I, I really want to come back to the benefits piece with you here in a minute. We just need to run better businesses with a stronger bottom line, and that needs to be shared. 
and the first place it needs to go to. Eh, we need to buy the right equipment as we become more profitable, but we also have to worry about keeping our best people and pay them um, not a fair wage, but a, a good wage. A good, a good, good wage. Good, good wage. And, and it really comes from running a better business. Right. And to run that better business, you need to spend a little money. You know, I mean, you need to go to the ATI places. You need to go somewhere that tells you it is okay to charge for your work. It's amazing. The 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 people who have been on the show have... I would say that 89% of them have business coaches or have had a business coach never complain. Yeah, they, they, they are worried about building apprentice programs, but they don't have a pay their people problem at all because they've had the business coach, the accountability partner help them. I mean, I, I get up on my soapbox maybe much too often and I talk about this, but I guess the goal of 300 plus episodes of the podcast and, you know, the, the, me being a connector of people in the industry, I want to connect um, the struggling shop owner to realize that a coach is, is an important part. You realized it. You're in, you're in business five years, and, and, and then you all of a sudden saw, if you will, the coaching miracle happen with both Jared <laughs> and Chris. Yeah, and it was a miracle. I mean, it's, it's phenomenal. And, you know, I had a, we had a business coach prior to ATI, but it was more just for me and setting up the aftermarket, trying to go from a dealership mentality to the aftermarket. Um, but seeing someone that didn't know about the business come out of there and know so much in such a short period of time was phenomenal. I mean, it was life-changing. Well, um, all right. So I said my piece, you said yours. Um, we've got to pay, we've got to pay our technicians more money. And, and there, there is absolutely, every time I talk to these guys that are paying some really good, good wages out there, they have no problem still earning a double digit net operating income. So let's, let's, let's say it like this. It can be done. Go figure out how to do it. Benefits. You told me you're looking to figure out more benefits to bring to your people. Yeah. I understand the the healthcare, the the long and short term disability, all of those types of things are important. And I can't believe there are people that don't give that stuff to their employees. But I, I guess I'm looking for other things to bring value to them working here. Um, one of the things that we started that I really didn't think was going to be that big a deal, but it has been. Um, is a community garden that we have behind our shop. And it's about 1,200 square feet, and we grow whatever everybody wants, and customers love it, the technicians love it. I'm all ears. Tell me, tell me. I mean, if, if, I, if I needed a head of lettuce in the summer, I'd just go take it? Yeah, pretty much. We grow cucumbers, tomatoes, all kinds of peppers. We do some canning in the fall. So people can get good, good vegetables and in the store, they're getting to be expensive and they can eat as much as they want. It doesn't cost them anything because the shop pays for it. It's a community garden. Who's maintaining, watering, weeding? That would be me. <laughs> I am the resident gardener. Up until this year, I have two customers that want to come help and one of my tech wives wants to come help. That's really cool. It's a great idea. And it's something simple, but it's something different um, that 
they can't they won't get anywhere else so i come to work at in motion auto care and what else besides the community garden is special about your benefits as we talked earlier all the training everything is paid for mm-hmm. um we pay hotel fees we pay everything and we pay them to go kudos kudos it's it's like work so they get paid to go i pay for their tool insurance so if anything ever happened, they would be back to work the next day. We have probably just about all the insurance that they can take. <laughs> we have a lot of insurance. Got some group life for them. Yep. Yeah. Group life, disability. We smoke meat every couple of weeks for them. Oh. We, we have a smoker. All right, we, what are we doing? Ribs, uh, brisket? What are we doing? We do a little bit of everything. That's It's one of our bonding things. So, you know, we do... Ribs, ribs a lot, pork roast. Um, but we, when we have our shop meetings, we make whatever food that we serve there. So, how often are the shop meetings? Every Wednesday. And is that in the morning? No, it's at noon. Ah, perfect. <laughs> so okay. We can eat well. <laughs> eat well and have a meeting. Uh, do you lead the meeting, or does everybody have a chance to lead the meeting? Um, no, I usually take care of that part of it. But we usually have discussions. We're going right now over the things that we learned in vision, and each technician is spending a meeting talking about what he learned and different things that we can do to either be more efficient or diagnose faster, that type of thing. Did you shut down to go to vision? Not entirely. We send about half of our people there on Friday, and then the other half comes down Friday night. So then the next year it switches back. Switches back, but you still um, take the entire team and they all share. They, you probably manage their training to be sure that they're all going to something different so that they all can come back and then share. Right. Wonderful. Yeah. There's a few of them that go to the same classes, but they all take, have a different take from it. Their, uh, their opinions of vision? Love it. It's a highlight. How about you, Sherry? I love going with them. I pick up something new every year. Uh, I think it's a huge team building thing for our group. Um, we all share... Um, the desire to learn and grow, and you can't get better training than vision. Processes. They're a very important and strong way of doing business. Are you constantly refreshing? Yes, all of the time. It seems like just when you think you've got it down, that something changes or or you buy a different piece of equipment or you get a a different inspection system, so everything changes. So it is something that you're constantly working on. It's kind of like a living, uh, a living thing. Can you recall a most recent process or even a policy that you've just worked on or changed? Well, we're revamping our advisor process right now to change a couple of the things. We're adding in the referral program on how to when to offer that, and we um, have a review process to get. Google reviews, so we're adding that in. So it's not starting a new process, but it's revamping an old one. I recently did an Academy on Comebacks. Are you tracking them? Yes. I know what my team said were the three root causes of comebacks. Can you tell me what your three root causes of comebacks are? Lack of training would be one. Scheduling too much work would be another one. So the technician is too rushed. We put him in a bad situation where he doesn't have time to double check. And the third one, probably parts failure. 
Well, that was that was uh, one of them on our list, um, or not our list, but my my panel's list. Uh, t- talk to me about parts quality. I am seeing now where we're having to buy more from the dealers. Things as simple as like oil pressure sensors and things like that just have a problem in the, with the aftermarket ones. Um, AC compressors, terrible time with in the aftermarket, and I don't understand why. It's even new ones? Some of them, yeah. We have a problem with them. I, I don't really know what the answer is to it. On the comeback list, would communications be there? They probably wouldn't be in my top three, but yeah, I could see where it certainly would be. It was on my uh, our group's number one failure, oh, failure, failure in communications, communicating between the service advisor and the technician's job that they needed to do. Yeah, I could see that. Um, yeah, we do a, a pretty good job of communicating. We've taken a lot of the running out of it. All of our guys use Skype, so they Skype each other instead of running back and forth. And that way, if somebody thinks of something, they can just Skype it off their iPad or their computer and and then to whoever needs it. And then that kind of takes that, well, I got to run up there and talk to them. And then you forget to go up there. And so it takes some of that out of there. It's really helped us a lot. Have you adopted DVI yet? The digital vehicle inspections? Oh, yeah, definitely. Made a difference? Huge. Yeah, we used them at the dealership. And so we've, I've used them for probably 10 or 15 years and they're amazing. So when you're not working, Sherry, what do you like to do? I read a lot. I read a lot of car magazines and I like to sew and cook. And now that I have grandkids, I'm sure I'll be spending more time over there. And uh, I like to garden, like to be outside doing anything we have a couple of dogs that we like to walk and play with and and travel love to travel you love to travel so uh, what's your dream vacation of course i want to go to australia and new zealand and spain and italy interesting i've been to spain i'd love to go to new zealand of course obviously got to do australia at the same time and Mm -hmm. you know being italian uh, at dinner last night we were talking about trying to get ourselves to italy (laughs) <laughs> once um supposed to be a few generations ago family still living there oh cool uh, yeah i know uh it would be so cool It'd be so cool so if you had a chance to put up a billboard in lincoln nebraska what would it say not about the business but in general what would it say be kind to one another something along those lines where people need to be a little bit more compassionate to their fellow man and and uh Cuts people some slack a little bit, you know, and not be so in their face and be nice. Just be nice. I so enjoyed this, Sherry Stock. Well, thank you. I did too. In Motion Auto Care, Lincoln, Nebraska, and the 2017 Facility of the Year winner out at ASA Midwest. Uh, you won it at Vision. Wow, continued success to you. It sounds like you've got a great handle on your succession plan and you're such a passionate business owner and sounds like you're doing a million things right. Thank you so much. Will you join us on an academy someday and bring your wisdom? Sure. Now that I'm not so afraid. <laughs> uh, very good. <laughs> hey, thanks, Sherry Stock from In Motion Auto Care for sharing your story. Isn't it interesting to work for years and land an opportunity like she had, able to buy the tools and a property and build such a strong organization in just five years? I loved her story. It's one for the bookshelf. 
See the show notes and an extended bio on Sherry's stock at RemarkableResults.biz slash E326. Hey, we always have new listeners, so I just want you to know that you can get in touch with me at karm at RemarkableResults.biz. Drop me a line. Tell me what you personally take away from the interviews. You may even have a subject you'd love covered on a Town Hall Academy. Until next time, tell a friend about the podcast. That's how we build a stronger aftermarket. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time.